Hello, you're listening to Beardy Dads. I'm Rue Reynolds. And I'm Nick O'Leary. And I'm the father of a two-month-old baby called Oliver. And I'm dad to a three-and-a-half-year-old boy and a... Oh, what is it now? A nine-day-old girl. And she's wow. she's asleep in her basket, uh, just just a metre from me. She's being very quiet. I, can, I can't hear her, I think. Lauren's been pretty much asleep since her last feed about an hour and a half ago. We've got an hour and a half through. Okay, that's our window. That's our window. Although, to be fair, she doesn't really wake up for feeds. Okay. A couple evenings now, we've set the alarm for three hours' time for the next feed, Mm. and the alarm's gone off, and we've both sort of stirred slightly, but she's perfectly asleep, and we think, well, shame to disturb her. A couple times, we've both then fallen asleep for another couple of hours. And she's been sleeping through. Yeah, at which point um, Joe does then get get up and give her a feed then. Yeah, I mean, no, nobody will assume that you're starving this baby, and worth pointing out that this is a £9-plus baby as well. Well, quite. She did very well. We we had the, the second weigh-in. She lost a bunch of weight, as babies do after the birth. Mm. They can yeah. lose up to 10% of their body weight. That's what I hear. Yep, and then they, they like to see a good gaining of weight. She put on 170 grams in two days. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's... Uh... That's more than two Mars bars. Yeah, that's quite a lot. We're we're on the ninety first percentile line, so we'll see. Wow. We'll see how we we're, track on that. We're on the zero point four percentile line. It's quite an extreme, isn't it? It is one extreme of the graph to the other. Yeah. And Oliver now is up to seven pounds thirteen ounces after eight weeks. Right. Um, which means that he's crept up to on the zero point four percentile. So that's when good. he was born, he was he was below significantly below that. Yeah. He's gaining weight quite fast, um, and faster than the graph would suggest he might, if you see what I mean. Sure. He, you know, well, that's good. Creeping up into the next the next section, which Excellent. is good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's doing ever so well. Mm. well. So I'll say the thing we haven't been too worried about do it going five hours overnight between feeds is because of the app, the, the magic app that determines everything when it comes to feeding. <laughs> Which one do you use? We're an Android household here. None of your iPhones here. Uh, <laughs> we've got one called Feed Baby Tracker and Monitor. Yeah, it's got four and a half stars for 10,000 reviews. I think Net Mums or Mums Net, one or the other. <laughs> yeah, there was a, some nice, nice things to be said about it there. We don't use everything it can do. Um, we don't track nappies. I'm, I'm not sure if it does nappies. I assume it would. Joe just uses it for tracking feeding. So does she hit a button when a feed starts and then another one when it stops? Exactly that. And then she, but she can also say left or right side so mm-hmm. you can track how much she's getting from either side, things like that. And it gives you nice little graphs. So what we're saying about not being too worried about going five hours, those days she has gone slightly longer between feeds, the app tells us she's actually fed for just as long in total that day as she has a previous day. That's really nice, having that reassurance that she's getting fed. Well, that's it, yeah. We um, started tracking on a bit of paper. Uh, we just started making notes of what times feeds had been. Uh, I think mainly because at three in the morning, you can't really remember what you did two hours ago. Yeah. And you don't know you know, whether there was a feed or if, how, if there was how long it was. It's very easy to start getting panicky that you know the baby's not eating anything. <laughs> yeah. So I think having something that notes it all down for you and, as you said, lets you keep an eye on the trends and, and the patterns, really, really useful. Yeah, and for Joe, I think it's the way she stays awake during a feed is playing Candy Crush or whatever it might be on her phone. So right. 
yeah, it's actually quite convenient. She's always going to remember to grab her phone and hit the button. As I say, it's that peace of mind. Because with, with Toby, we breastfed Toby for a good three or four months, but then his weight started dropping off. Well, his weight plateaued, which mm-hmm. on the graphs is the same as dropping off because it, it didn't carry on growing. Not keeping up with the growth that they expect. Exactly that. So um, we had to move to bottle feeding and we pretty much fairly quickly moved exclusive to a bottle at that point. Mm-hmm. Having gone through that, we're conscious of keeping good record of how much Lauren is getting. Mm. If that sort of thing happens again, we should be able to you know, do something about it sooner rather than later. For us, especially as Oliver was quite a small baby um, and a little bit premature, we were really anxious about that feeling of you know make, making sure he's being fed. And also, especially in the early days, looking out for nice reassuring signs. So we we do use ours to count nappies. Right. Um, knowing that he's getting through wet and dirty nappies, mm. yeah, and especially in the early days, is just another nice bit of reassurance that he's he's doing okay. Right. So which app do you actually use? It's called Baby Feed Monitor. You'll find it quite easily in the iTunes store. Anyone who wants to take a look, um, it's one ninety nine. I would heartily recommend it and endorse it to anyone. I'm sure there are hundreds and hundreds of others, but a couple of friends said that they'd use this one. Yeah. And if you want to sync it with multiple devices, which we do then it's another £1.49 on top of that right. per year, I think. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and so it's an in-app purchase for being able to, to sync. So that means you can have the data on your phone as well. Yeah. I guess that's handy for doing nappies, less so for the breastfeeding. Yes, although I do occasionally, because um, Oliver's still having a, a top-up of formula right, milk. Right, yes. So I do log um, bottle feeds and nappies, uh, and it means that we don't have to share a device for that you know Rachel's got an iPad that she keeps with her um, and is always handy for feeding and I've got a a phone in my pocket all the time anyway yeah I know that ours goes on to do solid foods as well so it isn't just about breastfeeding yours Uh, sounds fancy does it do medication and stuff um, I don't know as I say we're it's early days early days Mm. but just just looking through the screenshots of it it has lots of different screens I've not seen yet and it does do syncing between devices. I haven't set that up yet because, as I say, mm. at the moment, it's just breastfeeding and um, it's less useful for me to have. But I'm sure we'll get into that later down the line. Just looking at it now in the Google Play Store or whatever it's called, and I see it does quite a lot more than the, the one we've got, actually. So it tracks, as you said, food, um, but it, it knows about uh, graphs of height and weight when you log those things as well. Yeah, you get as much out of it as you put in. Speaking of getting things out of it, one thing I particularly like about the one we're using is you can export all the data to CSV. Oh, that's good. Which is really nice. I haven't played with it properly yet, but the graphs that it provides are quite limited, and I like the fact that I can get all the data out of it and, in theory, graph it myself in whatever way I choose. Data. I want the data. Mm, Raw data. Yeah. Beardy Dads! So just over one week in, and things sound like they're going really well. How's the sleeping and eating, and what are your routines like at the moment, Nick? It's going all right. I think we've been quite lucky, as we were with Toby, that Lauren's pretty content. She sleeps a lot. She feeds regularly and well. She settles quite easily, which is great. We're still adjusting, I think. I think Mm. it's still too early to say we have a routine, but... It's certainly going slightly easier than it could do. We've had a couple slightly rougher nights than others, Mm -hmm. um, but they tend to be just more our fault than her fault, if you see what I mean. Mm, How Uh, do you mean? Probably, and when I say our fault, it's probably more my fault. 
<laughs> you know, Joe's very good at, she'll go to bed at like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock after the evening feed just to get some sleep in before the next feed. Whereas I'll happily stay up for two or three hours extra till midnight. Yeah. Keeping an eye on her. So, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm doing a role, but if she's fast asleep, I could be asleep as well. Yeah, I've done exactly the same. Yeah. I'm sitting there watching telly or playing a game and baby's sleeping absolutely soundly and I'm, I kick myself afterwards, especially when during the night then he might not sleep so soundly. Yeah. And I've missed opportunities. And like you say, not just during the day when it's really easy not to sleep, but even like between nine o'clock and midnight when it wouldn't be that hard to fall asleep. And no. yet, you know, m- missing those slots, you really, really regret it later, don't you? Yes. It gets difficult when... Uh, and this is unique to having two, or, well, more than one, Toby will come in at 7am regardless. And I'm sure <laughs> I've said this before, you know, there's no... there's He is in no way sympathetic to our sleep. <laughs> so... He wants to have fun. He wants to have fun, and, you know, he wants to get up and start his day. So that's definitely one of my jobs, regardless of how late I've gone to bed and how much sleep right. I've had overnight... You've got a hard stop at 7am that you're going to be awake. Exactly. And it is my job to you know, keep him from disturbing everyone else too much. Mm-hmm. Getting him downstairs, dressed, breakfasted, whatever it might need to be. We are both still adjusting. Um, I've A couple of times I've had an afternoon nap, although they've not gone well for me. I went up for a nap at like four o'clock or something. I must have slept till about six and then I was just so groggy for the rest of the evening. Mm-hmm. It was almost, I just didn't, I would have been better off not having had that small amount of sleep. Oh yeah. I know what you mean. A little nap is often, yeah, it's often very hard to wake up from. Yeah. Yeah. But it is suddenly different to how I remember it was with Toby. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is purely because we've got Toby here now to keep entertained and, um, make sure he doesn't feel sidelined at all so yeah you've got a whole additional life to consider as well yeah interesting and other than that are you spotting any differences between what it was like a few years ago so with toby because he had spent that first week in hospital with jaundice um, i missed a lot of that first week of of his life and what he was like at night Hmm. and that's actually something joe said she's found it so much easier this time around because that week she had in hospital, surrounded by midwives, she had to do everything with mm. with Toby overnight. You know, if he was crying or needed changing or feeding, you know, yeah. the um, midwives. Unless are, the midwives take pity on you, then you're pretty much on your own as a, as yeah. a mother in hospital. Yeah, I mean, they're, sure. they're there to support if you like, but they're not there to do it for you. Mm. Whereas the fact that you know Joe didn't have a night in hospital, I've been there to help out and just make it easier that first week. Um, That's really nice. Yeah, and. Do you find um, that you know how to make it easier? Because I, I discovered quite early on that a good question to ask Rachel was, how can I be helpful right now? Yeah. Because she would know what I could do, and I wouldn't always know. Most of the time, I'm doing whatever I can just so Joe has less to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's whether it's, I say, sorting out Toby in the morning, whether it's you know doing the washing up or doing the laundry or... Un- emptying the dishwasher, taking the bins, you know, all just the regular household chores that we'd normally just naturally do between ourselves anyway. 
You know, yeah, not... they pile up or you'd share them. And exactly, yeah, be, just yeah. that sort of natural rhythm we'd got into over the years of you know, taking our fair share of the workload between us. Now it's just making sure you do that extra little bit. So like in the mornings when Joe then does come down after having a lie-in, she isn't then faced with a, a messy kitchen or all these yeah. things and suddenly feel like, well, she's got to do something about that. Um, I think our house was the tidiest it's ever been in the first week that Oliver was home. Yeah. I think we were both making such an effort to you know, do things as we went rather than let them pile up. Yeah. I enjoyed that feeling actually the sort of being well, I still do enjoy it that satisfaction of staying on top of things and not letting things build up partly for her benefit but just you know partly it's it's nice and, yeah. and generally I, I can be a bit lazy around the house so it was a good uh, a good motivation for me no that's really good so you're not quite through your two weeks of paternity leave yet is that looming fast yeah so this is this weekend is actually the the end of it um, so it's back to work next week and um, the plan at the moment is to go back uh, like two and a half days next week. Okay. Um, not that I've really talked about this with my manager, but... Your manager might be listening now. He could be. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> essentially because Toby does two and a half days at kindergarten, I will work when Toby's at kindergarten mm-hmm. and then I'll either work from home or be off when Toby's not at kindergarten. Suddenly next week, I, I rather than kid myself that I can work from home effectively yet, I think next week I'll actually take holiday for, for the two days, two full days that Toby's not in nursery. I think the, the main job I can do is just be here to take Toby out to the shops if, if Joe just needs some space because he's... Um, yeah, he's a very active three-and-a-half-year-old. It would be a lot to cope with on your own if, if Joe was at home and had a baby and a toddler. That's, yeah. Well, I suppose he's not even a toddler anymore. He's like a, a little boy, isn't he? Goes he goes to school in September. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure we'll come to talk about that in this podcast one day, but yeah. let, let's say that. Let's leave that for the future. We'll come back to um, school. children as they grow <laughs> up. But, yeah, exactly. Yes. So talking of uh, being at home and enjoying life with a baby, uh, we did something for the first time this week, which I really, really enjoyed, which was going to the cinema. Oh, really? Yeah, going to cinema with a baby is, um, it's good fun. Uh, the local Harbour Lights Cinema in Southampton. So that's the Picture House Cinema, isn't it? Yes, that's our local Picture House um, indie cinema, uh, which I, I believe is Mark Kermode's favourite cinema. They have uh, a once-a-week baby-friendly screening right. where they turn the lights up a tiny bit and turn the sound down a tiny bit uh, and babies up to one year old are welcome and it goes some way to answering the question that I had last week about at what age is it no longer acceptable to watch grown-up films Okay, because at least in the minds of the people who run the big scream event at Harbour Lights it's perfectly okay to watch Texas Buyers Club with right. babies up, up to the age of one year in a cinema um, so yeah, they're obviously not worried about it. So when, when you started say, talking about this, I, I assumed it was going you're going to lead into saying you'd seen the Lego Movie. That would have been nice. I would have quite enjoyed watching yeah. the Lego Movie. But um, yeah, we we decided that we would go to cinema um, regardless of what was on. We would go to the the big screen slot. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, I enjoyed Texas Buyers Club, but it's it's a it's a grown up film with challenging themes and yeah. you know violence and sex and nudity and uh, strong language um, and lots of lots of babies most of them older than than Oliver was he was definitely the 
the youngest there. Okay. But yeah, um, up, up to the age of one, they'll show films. Uh, I, I wonder whether they'll show 18s as well, but they're definitely mm. showing 15s. Um, and then they do another screening once a week as well, I believe, for toddlers. Um, and I think they also do an autistic-friendly one as well. That's really good. We never made it to the cinema with Toby as a baby. In fact, even now as a three-and-a-half-year-old, we've still not been to the cinema with him, but I'm sorely tempted with the Lego movie. I think yeah. if if I can, if next week on one of those days I'm off, if there's a showing that we can take Lauren to mm. and have her sleep through, then I'm sorely tempted i miss the cinema we've been so rare you used to go so much and mm. we've been so rarely in the last three years yeah. well that's why it was it was such a nice feeling going to the cinema together um yeah and with with oliver as well and and to be honest he's quite distracting um not that he was very noisy but when he's sitting on your lap just looking cute we were spending just as much yeah. time looking at his face as we were looking at the screen um yeah but yeah it felt like a grown-up thing to do it felt like a a bit like when we went to the pub a couple of weeks ago it was that feeling of you know going out and being normal and having a life yeah. that isn't totally so reclaiming some of your your pre-baby identity exactly but with a baby in tow yes really good yeah and the baby's sort of peripheral when you're watching you know a film that isn't for babies yeah uh, so yeah great fun i i would uh, highly recommend it well we ventured out this week as well for the first time the four of us oh wow and this was yeah with you know two car seats in the back of the car and <laughs> great you know, fun it was only yeah to the local garden centre for lunch. You know, not not a big day out, but oh, you mean Haskins, don't you? We do mean Haskins. That's where yeah. we went today as well. We took the grandparents down to Haskins. Well, that's exactly what we did. We took the parent grandparents down to Haskins. Except you um, wouldn't have squeezed all into one car if you had t- car seats in the back. That's exactly it. We don't fit anymore. So when we have visitors like grandparents, yeah, we used to be able to just squeeze. It, it would be a squeeze, but fit the three of us and the two grandparents in the car and. <laughs> go out for lunch whereas we can't do that anymore we're a car full this family so did you go in convoy yeah so we had to go in convoy and um which is fine um but it's that dawning realization that we're gonna have to get a roof box before we go away (laughs) that there's no room in the car anymore there's just no room in the car even this christmas when you know you think as they grow up you need less stuff you don't need high chairs you don't need travel cots and all that sort of stuff but as they get older, you need toys, you need mm. bikes, you need... When we went down to the grandparents for Christmas, the car was full with the three of us. Yeah. You know, the back seats yeah. that just piled high with bags and boxes of stuff. There's no room for a baby in that lot, <laughs> so a bigger car isn't really what the way we want to go. And I think a roof box will be... Yeah, we'll, we'll get hold of a roof box fairly soon, I think. Easy Dad. We really like it on Beardy Dads when people don't just send questions or or tips or suggestions in email, but they take the time to record themselves and send an MP3. Steve P has sent us uh, this really handy tip about dummies. Hi Beardy Dads. We took a piece of advice when trying to wean our daughter off of her dummy. She was a little over two years of age, which I'm unsure if it's grossly late for dealing with dummy issues or quite a reasonable age to be dealing with this. We prepared her a couple of months beforehand by explaining about the Dummy Fairy. The Dummy Fairy exists for little girls and boys where you can essentially permanently trade in your old used dummy for a small gift of their choosing. Of course your little one needs to think long and hard about this gift as the Dummy Fairy does not issue receipts and does not believe in a 30 day no quibble dummy back return policy. Our daughter decided that the lure of a Peppa Pig classroom set was too good an opportunity to pass up 
and the dummy fairy would therefore complete the transaction when the dummy is hung from the fairy tree out in the garden overnight. Happily, the dummy fairy knows to leave the gift inside the warm, dry house as opposed to in the dirt by the tree. The transaction was successfully carried out and our daughter tried to welch on the deal for the first couple of nights. This whole process passed relatively smoothly though. The key for the parents is the dummy must actually leave permanently and not be hidden, otherwise you may have a moment of weakness and the plan is foiled. Now she's a little over two and a half and successfully dummy free. If only the dummy fairy had a potty toilet training cousin. She now has a younger brother who is eight months and ironically she's become a strong advocate of the no dummy policy, taking it out of his mouth on a regular basis and being his official spokesman. He doesn't want this. The look on his face suggests otherwise. Thanks for sending that in, Steve. That's, that was really interesting. Um, even now with Toby, if he has the same pants on at the end of the day and they stay dry all day, he gets a little, over Christmas it was a little chocolate snowman. Now it's coming up to Easter, it's a little chocolate Easter egg. And is this a deal um, that he knows about, that he, he can sort of look forward to, or is this a, a nice surprise at the end of the day? How, how does that work? He knows the deal that if he keeps his pants dry all day, then he'll get a couple of chocolates after dinner. And it's, it's quite nice doing it that way, that it's not each time he goes to the toilet, he gets a reward. Mm. He's sort of saving up reward to have at dinner time. Right. But I really like this, this the dummy fairy and the, the, the whimsy of it's sort of playing to that innocence of the child introducing new folklore into family life i really like it and i guess it leads into the whole tooth fairy and all that sort of stuff that again thinking about it you know toby's he knows about father christmas but he hasn't yet had reason to know about the tooth fairy and where did toby find um, out about father christmas i think it just sort of he entered into the conversation of talking about Christmas and what it's about and it's inescapable when you're watching all the kids TV that this year was definitely the year he kind of got it more than previously Mm -hmm. on Christmas Eve he was slightly agitated at the thought that Father Christmas would come into his room (laughs) properly agitated not wanting to go to sleep a bit nervous about it or, or excited yeah nervous about it so we reassured him that he only has to come down into the living room where the chimney is and that's fine um, but as we're reassuring him this, next door started power drilling <laughs> on the wall. And Toby just sort of stopped mid-sentence, looked at us and said, is that Father Christmas oh, trying to get through the wall? That's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, Nick. Bad timing on next door's part, but he was fine. He was fine. If you've been listening to Beardy Dads before, you'll know that we like to share tips with you. Um, and I've got a tip for listeners this week. Um, something that I hadn't really thought about. Uh, or considered until I saw you you have one of these in your house Nick and you were just about to fit it in your car it was yeah. a, a mirror that lets you see the baby's face in the rear facing car seat so the the logistics of that yeah. are that the baby is in the back facing yes. backwards and you're in the front of the car facing forwards <laughs> yeah. the rear view mirror lets you see the back of the car seat which is facing in the wrong direction so simple physics uh, would, would suggest that if you put a mirror on the headrest in the middle seat of the car, then uh, light bounces in straight lines and you get to see the face of the child, which is quite handy, it turns out. Yeah, it is really handy, particularly when you haven't got two of you in the car. It's quite handy to be able to keep an eye on them. Yeah, no, it is really good. And it's worth saying, later on when they move to a forward-facing child seat, mm. you don't need the double mirror, but you, nor do you want to use your rear-view mirror at a different angle so you can actually get a a second rear view mirror that just sort of suction cups onto your onto the windscreen oh right 
which you can then angle at the child seat Handy. facing forward. Okay, so you've got one mirror for looking at the road and one mirror for looking inside the car. Yeah. That's handy. And the baby seat mirror that we're talking about here is not like that at all. It's it's just a simple, round, plain mirror that sits... Maybe, maybe a little bit of a curve to it. Maybe it helps if it's a little bit convex. But it just sits on the, on the headrest um, and straps around it. And we found one on Amazon for about a tenner. I think Mothercare sell them for 15 quid as well. Really handy. Very glad to have spotted that. So I've got a, a tip, and it's... One I'm relearning with Lauren, but also that there's a new angle to it. Lauren being a girl, it does mean nappy changes are slightly different. Oh, interesting. We've certainly had a few wheeze mid-nappy change. They just seem to flow out rather than spray. And you're used to the sprinkler effect. I'm used to the sprinkler effect, and you don't get that, or we haven't had that yet. Right. It, it may yet come, but... So is this a more of a subtle flow of liquid, that it's, you know, sort of... Sneaking out. It means you're less worried about getting sprayed in the face, but it does mean you you still can't be complacent. And a couple of times she has started weeing when we've taken the old nappy away. Mm, oh, yeah. So the tip is, once you undo the nappy and open it up, don't rush to remove that nappy if you don't have to, because that fresh air is going to start things happening. <laughs> give it you know, give it a few seconds. You know, I try and clean up as much as I can with the nappy still there to catch anything. Um, but if you do have to take it away, have some toilet paper or something just wrapped up, ready. Nice. Um, something something to hand. Something that isn't the dirty nappy to hand. Yeah, exactly. Something that isn't the dirty nappy to hand that can can mop things up. Because um, as we're currently redecorating our spare room to become Toby's room, so that Toby's room becomes the nursery, our baby changing station is currently the the changing mat on our bed so the fact it's on our bed <laughs> means we we have a particular interest <laughs> to make sure there is no spillage no overflow no leakage none of that sort no deflected and urine <laughs> exactly and touch wood we're doing okay brilliant i've had to deflect a few um upwardly angled wheeze recently and i have have had to you know sort of jump in and uh literally use my hand to to yep. redirect liquids uh, in a in a new direction. Yeah, it's um it's fascinating just how much um of a trigger taking off a nappy seems to be whether yeah. it's because they get they get cold or something about the 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 change in I don't know. It could be air pressure for all I know, but something is uh, <laughs> definitely triggering a a response. Yeah. Although I've noticed that Oliver tends to if he's sort of burbling away to himself he tends to go very quiet before weeing. Right. So you can often tell that he's just about to let loose. Yeah. Yeah, you, you get to recognise those signs and uh, use them to your advantage. <laughs> on a previous episode, I mentioned that I had splashed out on the Tommy Tippy video baby monitor. Uh, and I said that we hadn't tried it yet. Well, I've tried it. Uh, we've got it set up and uh, we've we've tested it and we've actually found that even with us in the same room having the pressure mat uh, set up um, so that the the unit will beep if there's no movement sensed for for a few seconds is a nice thing it, it I, I've been very pleased it hasn't been just going off randomly and yet when we take him off the bed um, then within a few seconds it will it will start beeping so a nice reassuring feeling that you know he's uh, 
he's he's alive basically <laughs> but he's he's on this bed and he's alive and it will beep if he uh, if he goes too still um so yeah we've been we've been sleeping with that uh for the last few nights but and we've just upgraded our internet we've just upgraded um to to fiber so i've been especially anxious about speeds and keeping an eye on the line speed uh and running speed tests every every uh few hours just to you know make sure that we're getting our money's worth and there was this brilliant coincidence this week where I'd set the baby monitor up and then forgotten about it. And then a couple of days later, having been away for a weekend, came back to the house and started doing speed tests and was disgusted to see that the the line was was right down, sort of sub-ADSL speed, like 0.5 megabits <laughs> per second. Right. Um, you know, definitely not what we're paying for. You know, we're, we're, we should be getting much closer to 70. Um and it took me ages to realise, literally three days of being just on the edge of contacting the ISP and saying this isn't good enough, um, to realise that what I, was, what I was taking for inconsistency and uh, this really weird intermittent problem where sometimes it would be 30 or 50 megs and sometimes it would be less than one, wasn't inconsistency at all. It was to do with placement. So when I'm in the bedroom with, a, with an iPhone running a speed test app, it's terrible and the reason it's terrible, it turns out, is because the baby monitor is trying desperately to pair with the receiving unit. And it's spitting right. out all these radio waves and getting in the way of oh, Wi-Fi. No. So it's massively, massively killing my Wi-Fi. So, yeah, I wasn't really expecting that. That was quite, uh, quite a shock. Um, and it makes sense, yeah. I suppose. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's a radio device. And I've certainly heard that in the past, you know, people running hair dryers or with microwaves will, you know, notice their Wi-Fi goes down. Um, mm. But yeah, this uh, this does seem to be a problem, and it seems to be especially a problem before it's paired. So I think it's sitting there desperately trying to talk to the the receiver. Right. Yeah, being very chatty, looking for something to talk to, mm. and then that's what you get for going all fancy room. No. If you've got any tips for us, then we'd love to hear them. You can reach us at podcast at beardydads.co.uk, and we're also on Twitter at beardydads. We've had some reviews. Uh, we keep threatening to read out every review that we get on iTunes. Um, we've had another two this week. So here's a review on iTunes from Andy Tombro one Five stars. Love it. And he says, I also have no idea why I started downloading, other than it somehow reminded me of Hairy Bikers. That's, that's a compliment, I suppose. Yeah. It's a fab podcast and I'm addicted. I'm a proud 48-year-old nanny to two grandchildren. We really do have some quite diverse listeners, don't we, Nick? We have far greater range of people listening to this than I would have ever expected. Absolutely. And it's, it's really good to hear, yeah, as you say, from all the, the wide spectrum of listeners we have. So Andy has a five-year-old and a one-year-old grandchildren, and they've got another due in August. So can identify with lots of our experiences and enjoy the male perspective. Also, I'm very proud to report that as of episode four, I learned to identify who is who. <laughs> Keep it up, chaps, and hurry up with the baby. I'm well excited. Oh, and you've had the baby now? Yes, we've had the baby. And well done for being able to identify who's Ant and who's Deck. <laughs> so that was uh, Andy Tomlinson in Lancashire. Thank you very much for getting in touch, Andy. Always nice to hear from the grannies. We have had a second review in uh, this week. New, new one, another five stars, a bit, bit shorter, Ted Dancing. And Ted says, chilled pub-style chat around parenthood. Good crack. Uh, spelt in that way that the Irish spell so charmingly. So yes, as well as emailing us and tweeting us, you can leave your reviews on iTunes um, and we'll be very, very happy to see them. Thank you very much to people tweeting about us this week uh, and talking to us on Twitter, including Dave Hughes, Jamie Smith, Tim DP, 
Nathan Delgrano and Matt Vanstone. And of course, thanks to Wes West for our theme tune. Lovely theme tune. Thanks, Wes. Thank you. So one tweet that did catch our eyes was, thanks to Dave Hughes, he tweeted at Tom McFly. So for those who don't know, Tom McFly is Tom from the band McFly. I was going to say, McFly is not actually his surname, is it? No, it's not. Okay. That, that's his band. Okay. First name, Tom. I'm, I'm feeling quite um, old. Tom Fletcher is, is Tom McFly's real name. He's expecting a baby. And Dave Hughes has pointed Tom McFly at this podcast. Well, I, I'll assume now, that he's listening then. Let's assume he is. Hi, Tom. Hi, Tom McFly. My only slight concern is Tom McFly has got 1.2 million followers on Twitter. <laughs> if Tom tweets about this podcast, my bandwidth quota is going to go through the roof so yeah let's let's <laughs> so tom if you are listening keep it to yourself or at least um yeah tell your close friends but you know use snapchat or something yeah that goes for everyone um you know no no using whatsapp to talk about us this week <laughs> brilliant and tune in again next week uh when no doubt we'll be filling your ears with babies as they grow up and uh small boys as they become less small and other things that have occurred to us as ever it will be filled to the brim with, with tips and tricks and confessions and suggestions and things and, you know, all the, all the stuff. All the stuff. And do get in touch. I mean, if you've got any, any tips or any feedback or, you know, any thoughts on anything we've said, I mean, we'd love to hear from you. And it doesn't matter who you are. You don't have to be a beardy dad to get in contact. You don't need to be a dad. You can be a grandmother of three. You don't need to be a dad and you definitely don't need to have a beard. I think it's a state of mind. Absolutely. So do get in touch. Uh, we are podcast at beardydads.co.uk. And we're at beardydads on Twitter. So see you next week, Nick. Cheers, Rue. Have a good week. And you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.